Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. A recent article posted by the Colson Center's Breakpoint at breakpoint.org opens with these words. Earlier this summer, the U.S. Department of Education announced new regulations regarding Title IX, which is designed to ensure and protect access for women and girls in education. Uh, These new rules are 700 pages long and are being trumpeted by organizations such as the NEA, National Education Association, as a victim, uh, rather a victory for victims of sexual harassment and uh, clarification of discrimination based on sex. However, says the piece, what is meant by uh, what is meant by sex will be a disaster for women. Well, joining us now to elaborate on the DOE's plan, as the article observes, which really threatens the good goals of Title IX, is Dr. Heather Walker Peterson, senior editor at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview. Dr. Peterson, an honor to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Would you first start maybe for folks who say, well, I don't even really know what the original Title IX is all about. Uh, Would you take just a moment to tell us why initially it was apparently a good move and what it contained that we want to retain as opposed to change? Oh, definitely. So it occurred during about the same time as the civil rights era. I believe it was 1972. And sadly enough, during Roe versus Wade, basically, But the purpose of it was to make sure that young women got opportunity in education and in sports. And what that meant for someone like me growing up in in the 70s and 80s was that I had opportunities in sports that I might not have had or my mother might not have had when she was my age. Now, of course, uh, what's being proposed now and typical of government, it takes 700 pages to do it. I think a lot of that is probably... Uh, just to hide what's going on. But let's start with the fact that, uh, according to your and John's piece, first concern has to do with parents' uh, parental rights. What's happening in that regard that concerns you? Yeah, and I, I think this is where we're the most concerned. Um, I call it the Californication <laughs> that's mm. happening with the Biden administration right now. It's sort of a new definition of that. Um we ran a story today, actually, about Abigail Martinez. Uh, she was a woman in California whose daughter was removed from her home uh, because she was not using her daughter's chosen pronouns and other matters. And that's something that you know your listeners can hear or, or read. And our big concern and the big concern of Bernadette Broyle for the Child and Parental Rights Campaign is that parents' rights, when they have a child who decides, oh, I've decided I'll become another gender or I'll decide that I am non-binary, that they will lose their right to speak into that. Instead, the school will start speaking into that and then potentially even channel that child to clinics. And in that, as uh, your piece says, and you've already alluded, is happening already in California and as well as some other states. And uh, it really does, uh, I think uh, this piece puts it, uh, weaponize government agencies like Child Protective Services uh, really to drive this new cultural and social agenda, regardless of what parents or legitimate counselors or clinics uh, may think otherwise. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's hard, we received a letter about this. Someone said, I looked through those 700 pages and I didn't see anything that said that my parental rights would be taken away. But the assumption in it is what you read before, like the word sex now includes, right, and now includes gender identity. And if sex-based harassment or sex discrimination includes gender identity, it means that if your child goes to school and says, I'm another gender, the school then will try to protect them from so-called sex-based harassment. And my fear as a parent is, will that include me, like it did for Abigail Martinez, right? Will that include me as well? And uh, a point to be made, I don't have any exact uh, statistic or case to cite here in other states, but certainly in our own area, this is ongoing. In other words, it's not those crazies out in California. We used to think that all the nutcases, as Gore Vidal said, were, you know, he said one time on the Johnny Carson show, stand the U.S. on its edge and all the nuts will fall into California. Well, uh, that's not uh, where all of this is happening simply. It's happening in other states, including pretty near to us, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we just moved to Colorado Springs from Minnesota. And in our public school system in Minnesota, in sixth grade, our daughters would have been asked, what's your pronoun? Um, in, at age 10, one of my daughters was asked a year ago at a YMCA camp, what's your pronoun? And she answered, I don't know what a pronoun is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. And even even here, we were about to put our girls in a charter school here that sounded fabulous. And I called the school and talked to them. And I was told if our daughters called another child who was who was claiming transgender by that child's biological pronoun, that our daughters would have a, discipl- a disciplinary conversation with wow. the principal. And that's right so, here in the listening area. Yeah, and this one's in Colorado Springs. So it's it's everywhere. Well, the second, a second and primary concern, as your article points out, is the remarkable change that will be done to children's bodies and emotions by encouraging and furthering social experimentation. Uh, give us some examples, puberty, blo- puberty blockers and so forth. T- take us into that whole realm as well that gets extremely serious. Yeah, and this is what terrifies me as a mother, I would say. And I know, I'm sure you're familiar with Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier, but Mm -hmm. there's a great job going over this too. Um, But these puberty blockers don't make your kids well, right? They make your kids sick, and the FDA has shown that. But also, I think what's even scarier, besides the fact they can eventually cause sterilization, Um, permanent sterilization is that it gets your kids on a path where they start considering surgery, Um, especially if your kids are involved in social media, which where a lot of this happens, um, a lot of the encouragement for that, they'll start considering surgery as their option. So like a double mastectomy so that they can become a they or they can start calling themselves a boy. And, uh, folks, it gets even worse. We're going to continue to pursue the topic because it is not out there somewhere. It's right in our own area as well. 
and talking with Dr. Heather Walker-Peterson, senior editor at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, and uh, a great website for this sort of thing and much more, breakpoint.org. You're very familiar with that, I know. Uh, of course, it is the child of the late uh, Chuck Colson, whom we all love and, and remember so well. But uh, John and uh, Heather and others have been carrying on that legacy very effectively. Uh, also, this uh, discussion was uh, triggered by this uh, Vernadette Boyles, general counsel president of the nonprofit law firm Child, uh, Child and Parent, Parental Rights Campaign, and she talks about these three things we've been touching. Two of them you've mentioned already, but uh, she also spoke of the scandal intrinsic to girls having no private spaces in locker rooms or school trips and the heartbreaking irony of women and girls losing place to male athletes, all this under the banner of Title IX now, right? Yeah, it's the opposite of Title IX. It's just the opposite of the way it was originally attended. What can be done, and that's the bottom line, what can listeners do, certainly get themselves better informed, and how can they do that? And also, how can we, as a culture and as individuals in the culture, push back? Yeah, so let's start with like just the immediate, the most immediate right now is that you can go to the Federal Register and you can register a comment expressing your concerns um, with this new reinterpretation of Title IX. And if you go to our website and to that particular breakpoint, you can find it, um, a link to it, or you can also go to childparentsrights.org, which is Bernadette uh, Broyles' site as well. and. It has to be a unique comment. It cannot be a script. And so I'll just tell you from my own mama's heart, I went there and I explained that it was such a concern for me because I have a child with ADHD and aid in kids with ADHD or kids with autism are so much more likely to choose a different gender. And so I explained, I don't want my kids in an environment where they may be encouraged to have that kind of invasive surgery or to become sterilized. Now, as I understand it, we, there is a deadline. Uh, you've encouraged folks to go to the Federal Register and, as you say, flood the Federal Register with unique comments before September 12th. Why is that the cutoff date? That is just a cutoff date that the government has decided on for its listening. It's given us two months. I'm not totally sure that we fully understood that until Bernadette Broyles really began this campaign uh, last week, bless her. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but on Thursday, the day we published that breakpoint, she had a massive cyber attack on her, her website. And so... There are people who are against this, so please go be one of those people who are for the right thing, just for the right thing, and give your unique comment. Again, uh, childparentsrights.org is her website. Is that correct? That's right, yes. And the book, I think you mentioned uh, that uh, she wrote, Irreversible Damage. No, that's by Abigail Shire, right? That's by Abigail Schreier, and I would say that right now that is the best book out there. She is not, you know, obviously Breakpoint, we're all Christians. Abigail Schreier is is Jewish, so it's not going to come from a, a Christian perspective, but it is going to come from a perspective of acknowledging reality. Yeah, sanity. It's a word called sanity. <laughs> right. 
Well, uh, thank you, and John, for the great work Breakpoint does and has been doing for so long. Thank you for this, and we will continue to promote it, and we'll do a follow-up with you when, uh, whenever we can. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I look forward to that. Bless you. Thank you very much. Again, that's Dr. Heather Walker-Peterson, a senior editor at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview. Uh, that is one of the many parts of the great Chuck Colson legacy that he has left us by God's grace. And you can check the work out that these folks do at breakpoint.org. That's breakpoint.org. That book, as she mentioned by the author, uh, Abigail Shire, Irreversible Damage. You may be interested in that. And more to the point, uh, the call out of this article at Breakpoint has been, please flood the Federal Register with unique comments before September 12th. And uh, you can do that, of course, uh, at, the, uh, at the... But also, childparentsrights.org is a website that you want to make note of. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.